Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Swan Bitcoin Stadium for the main event of the Once Bitten Pro Podcast League. Let's get ready to Bitcoin! Hello everybody, my name is Daniel Prince and I'm the host of the Once Bitten Podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten Podcast. If you haven't guessed, this is a pretty special one. Huge shout out. Thank you, Brecky, for doing that intro. Amazing work. Let's get straight into this one. Before we do, this is also brought to you by uh, coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten. As you guys know, you can go and start stacking some sats over in the UK with a Bitcoin-only exchange. Let's get straight to it. We do have a professional boxer on the show for you. Has been ranked in the top five heavyweight boxers in the world. Does have the goal of becoming the first heavyweight Polish-born champion of the world and yeah he's a bitcoiner and he's stacking sats and he's here to talk about it thanks everyone thanks for listening enjoy the show born in lamza poland and raised in brooklyn new york in the red corner weighing in at 113.64 kilos and a towering height of 191 centimeters his record stands at 21 total fights with 20 wins 15 by total knockout, Adam Babyface Kovnatsky! And in the blue corner, weighing in at a competitive 35 kilos, with a height of 135 centimeters, making the extraordinary leap from featherweight to heavyweight, the toughest interviewer in the space, Okay, guys, welcome to the Once Bitten Belt. And leading off is Lauren. Uh, hi, I might have four questions. Why did you decide to become a boxer? Uh, I guess growing up, uh, my cousins and my grandfather really got me into fighting. Like I remember watching uh, old school movies with, uh, with Van Damme, Bruce Lee, and like stuff like that. So in Poland, uh, when I was a young boy, seven years old, uh, like fighting was always there. I had uh, three older cousins and two younger brothers, but I wasn't really like I really grew up with my cousins. And they always taught me how to fight. I remember they had like the old uh, boxing gloves with the horse hairs in them. So uh, that was like my first introduction to fighting and I always loved it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a fight that will go down for the ages. Cool. And um, when did you find out about Bitcoin? Bitcoin. Uh, I think I heard about it I think, on Joe Rogan podcast. He mentioned it, and then um, I didn't do anything about it. And then uh, I listened to a London, uh, London Real podcast with uh, Andreas Anapolopoulos. I, I hope I didn't butcher his name. But uh, 
what about him? And um, so, and that was like, oh, wow, this is so cool. And I uh, started like looking up to it, reading more about it. And it was a very high. And then I was like, oh, I can't really afford this right now. So I was looking at other cryptocurrencies and uh, I found Ethereum. So I could have afforded Ethereum. So I bought $100, worth of Ethereum. Ethereum, sorry, my bad. Uh, so that, and then, um, then the boom happened. It got really high. And I was like, all right, there's not enough infrastructure. The technology is very cool. But I need to do a conversion in my house from uh, oil to gas. So let me take out the money, do a conversion, <laughs> and then uh, see what happens. So I t- as I took the money out, it all dropped. The big crash happened. And then um, I left it alone. I mean, here and there, I saw nothing was really, nothing was really happening in the in in the in Bitcoin. And then Jack Dorsey went on uh, the, the Joe Rogan podcast. I think uh, Bitcoin was at, at its low. It was at 3K. Uh, I started making some more money boxing. And I was like, you know what? I really like this stuff more. So I started reading more books about it. And... Uh, I was like, you know what, let me get back into it. I invested some money. I bought, I think, a couple of Bitcoins. And uh, I've been a holder, a hodler ever since. I've been stacking my stats uh, every week, putting some money in there. And uh, and now we're on the bull run again. So uh, it should be very exciting to see where, where it goes. Cool. And when did you get in touch with Lucky? Lucky. So uh, I'm a big soccer fan. Uh, and my friend, Dane Stella, played for Cosmos. And uh, I used to go to a lot of the, their games because they were playing in, uh, in Long Island by my house. And uh, Dane got married to his beautiful wife, Jessica. And I was at a, at a wedding, and uh, Lucky was there too. So we got to talk, hang out a little bit. And uh, that's how I met Lucky. And we're going to the scorecards. And the results are in. It's Lauren Prince with the win. I was just going to say cool. <laughs> okay. Well, do you want to say uh, thank you to Adam? Thank you. And <laughs> have a good podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we have witnessed perhaps the greatest upset in the history of the sport. Former featherweight turned heavyweight Lauren Prince has beaten Adam Kopnetsky. Look at him now, folks. He's crying like a real baby face. Wait, no. He's looking at the price of Bitcoin and... Uh, and it's, it's gone up so high, he's crying with joy, ladies and gentlemen. Those are tears of joy. Because in a fight like this, the only losers are those silly no-coiners who haven't yet bought any Bitcoin. <sighs> I'm going to run out of question. Okay, go on then, Caitlin. Um, bleed me dry. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you ever been really injured? Yes, uh... Uh, during a fight, no. It was something happened. Um, uh, officially playing basketball. <laughs> I'm going to leave on that. But I broke my hand uh, in an outside-the-ring accident that kept me out of the ring for three years. I mean, it was a very tough time in my life. But uh, with a good support system, I was uh, able to overcome it and uh, come back. You know, I was uh, four fights into my uh, boxing career. This happened. and But, yeah, that was pretty bad. Pretty bad. Okay. Well, I don't want to take all your questions, Daddy. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> you left me with something. All right, cool. Okay, well, nice to meet you. You too, guys. Enjoy. Enjoy. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, Adam. And uh, thank you so much for, for taking the time to, to come on the show. I was really 
Yeah, I was blown away when when Lucky first reached out to me um, to find a a professional athlete stacking sats out there, and then it blew yeah. me away even further when he told me a few of his teammates were stacking sats, and then he said, "You got to get hold of Adam because you know he's he's down the rabbit hole too." And I'm like, "Wow, this is this is awesome!" Like this thread of and I've had Danny DeKroger on the show as well, uh, an ex-pro baseball player. And I think it's really amazing that pro athletes who have such a presence, who have such a voice, have taken the time to you know, look at this thing properly and fall down the rabbit hole. And I can only imagine you know, great things are going to come from it when, when so many people look up to you and respect you for what you guys do. Do you find when, when people ask you about it that, well, yeah, what does happen when people ask you about it? Or are you just like the rest of us, annoying Bitcoin guy? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm the preacher. People are like, oh, shut the F up already. <laughs> <laughs> How do I access this? Actually, I gave some to my uh, coach. And I was like, yo, did you check on it? And uh, he opens his wallet. I'm like, I, it says the wallet doesn't like recover. I'm like, do you remember your 12, well, your 12 words? He's like, I don't know where I put it. I was like, oh my God. I mean, it's probably around 100 bucks right now. Like, you lost it. He's like, oh, let me look for it harder. So, yeah, I'm preaching it. Uh, it's hard money. Uh, so, I can't wait to see uh, what will happen with it, you know? But it was like you said uh, first, like, uh, when I first got into it, it was like, uh, get rich quick scheme kind of idea <laughs> but then like the more i like look into it i mean it makes a lot of sense it gets it's getting more and more interested uh now you have some stuff where you can actually use it like the fold app is pretty cool you can actually buy like gift cards with it so it's uh it's a lot of cool people being in the industry a lot of like the community is very nice very cool so it's it's, it's awesome you know uh, and then it's hard money like it's a real good store of value and uh, I think it's, it's 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 awesome. I think it's the greatest uh, probably invention in like since the iPhone. Yeah, it's uh, right. Okay, well we can we can circle back around to uh, the Bitcoin stuff a little bit later. But I'm sure the listeners are going to be really interested to know about your professional boxing career. And obviously, we got a little glimpse of it there when you were answering Lauren's question. Uh, born and raised in Poland, uh, learned to fight between your brothers and your cousins. Uh, but what 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 took you across to the U.S.? What was that journey? Uh, so uh, Poland, I mean, we finished. Uh, we were a communist country until 1989. So uh, obviously, jobs were hard. It was you know a regime changed, becoming more democratic kind of uh, a country, and the jobs weren't really there. I mean, um, my dad was a baker, uh, which was really great pay. We had our aunt and some uncles here in the States and uh, the American dream, right? How uh, awesome it is, which uh, which I think I'm uh, living proof of it. And uh, so my parents, uh, there's a lottery that happens at the every year where a family uh, gets drawn out to win a green card. And my parents, like they apply like on the last day possible to apply. They send it out and whatever, you know, everybody's doing it, let us do it too. And a couple months later, they, they got the like back that they're that they were picked. So they they made a decision that uh, they figured that uh, life for me, you know, my brothers would be better here in the states. They packed up everything. My dad came first. He stayed here for a couple of months to see give a test run, and then my brothers and my mom joined him uh, soon after. 
That's amazing. That yeah, is crazy. Cool. Well, how old were you then at, at that stage? Uh, I think I was six, seven. I just finished up uh, pre-K or kindergarten, my first year of kindergarten in Poland. Wow. And do you remember like your mom and dad telling you, like, we just won this? <laughs> this opportunity we, we've got a green card to go to america do you remember like the feeling yeah or did you even understand yeah i did it well i didn't want to go i used to hide with like i used to go to my grandma's house and hide like in the closet that they won't find me and <laughs> i didn't want to go you know i mean you're seven you're six year old so you more you get a little bit of what's going on so my brothers were uh four and two so they were younger they had like, basically no concept of what's really going on and I did. I had friends. I had my cousin, other cousins, people I really cared about, and I had to leave them and go across the Atlantic Ocean and start a new life. You know, Wamjau is like the biggest city next to where I'm coming from, like a little village which has maybe two to thousand people, Konjita. And I was going to New York City, which has you know millions of people, which is. It was crazy, but uh, it was fun. You know, I mean, obviously, it was a, l- a little bit hard not knowing the language, but as kids, we, we uh, pick it up quick. And uh, it, w- it was definitely a right choice made. And what did your what did your father do? You know, in terms of work, once he got across to the U.S., uh, he started off as a baker. Like there was a Polish bakery in uh, Greenpoint, which was a big Polish community. So we were lucky. Like everything that we did, it was basically you could have you could have took a. You didn't really. My dad still doesn't speak English, even though we're in the states. Uh, twenty three years, his English is minimal. Like you couldn't really have a conversation with him, because growing up in Greenpoint, you could take care of everything uh, just knowing Polish. Uh, so he did a bakery for first I think a couple of years, and then uh, he got a union job in uh, construction. Yeah, well, I know how he feels. I, I I've lived in France for four years, and believe me. You know, I see the kids speaking French, no problem. Uh, but for uh, for us older guys, <laughs> it's slow going, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, and especially if you get to a new country and there's a whole, there's already a whole community there, and you don't have that immersive experience. That there's no way. But for you guys going to school, you know, you sink or swim, right? You, you're in the deep end, and you're you're going to learn the language. You have to. I mean, you have no other choice. It was cool to like. Uh, I used to remember like watching uh, Power Rangers on TV, like with the uh, closed captions at the bottom, trying to pick it up as fast as I could. <laughs> so let's let's fast forward a bit because right now you you are on track. I mean, your your dream is to become the first Polish-born heavyweight champion of the world. Yes, that's, that's the goal, you know. That's the, the mission I set up for myself. I mean, my last fight was a little hiccup, but uh, I think uh, I'll overcome it. Get uh, can't wait to fight again. I'll get back in the, the winning uh, section of the of the column, and uh, you know, continue uh, following my dream. And at what point did you know that boxing's for me? And you just get, it's. I think it's just one of these sports that we as onlookers we just have no idea of the work and commitment that goes into it. Yeah, so uh, I started boxing at 15 or 16 years old. In, so 15, uh, in Astoria, Queens. Uh, like my cousin used to take me to, to the gym because my mom was uh, it was like you know, it was a train, train ride away. So I couldn't go by, by myself. And the sessions were at like 8 p.m. So it was in the evening time. So I couldn't go by myself. So luckily for the first uh, six months, my cousin took me and trained with me. And then... Uh, I won this major New York tournament called the New York Daily Golden Gloves at 16. Uh, 
which was like a big accomplishment. And uh, since then, I was like, yo, I could do, I could do this. I could become a world champion. And um, I just stuck with it. I mean, definitely, you know, uh, kept me uh, humble, kept kept me disciplined, not getting involved in like different stuff, which like you know, some of my friends got involved with, and uh, now they're paying the consequences for them. And who were your when you were growing up? Who who was on the scene at, the, at that point? Who were you watching, and who were your heroes? Uh, Andrew Galata. I mean, uh, he was Polish. Like I remember, we used to, they all get together and watch his fights. So he was like major, the uh, major one. Uh, then you obviously um, Lennox Lewis was huge, the Klitschko's brothers, Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao, and now it's the scene that's like right now, you know. So uh, like you know, Alvarez, Miguel Cotto. I'm a big fan of Miguel Cotto. Uh, so it's yeah, a lot of a lot of guys. And who are you? I mean, if you just want to tell the people listening, I think right now you're ranked about number ten. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean that's. Now there's a lot of stuff actually going on in the Bucks community with with the, these rankings because we have uh, four major uh, belt organizations. You have WBC, WBO, WBA, and the IBF, which are like the main main uh, federations. And every federation has its own rankings. So in the WBA, I'm number five, and uh, before my fight last fight, I was number. I think two or three in the IBF, number five in the WBC, and like number three or four in the WBO. But after my uh, loss, everybody kicked me out. I wasn't ranked no more, and I'm just staying out right now with the WBA. I think I'm number four or five in the WBA uh, sectioning body. That's crazy because I had a look at your Wikipedia page, and you've won every fight except one. Yeah, and all your your past – Whatever your conference doesn't, doesn't matter anymore. Uh, this guy I beat is number two in the IBF, so it's it's crazy how that works. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't seem to make much sense. So, how far away are you from? That's why I like Bitcoin because because it's so simple, kind of. You know, it's it's math. This is what happens every ten minutes. You get a block. Everybody's <laughs> happy. Everybody, you can verify it. The box is a little <laughs> different. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't sound as though there's much verifi- verification going on in uh, in in the boxing and the uh, the different uh, governing bodies. Who'd have thought? But um, yeah, so give us give us like who who do you think? Ha- how far away are you from getting a shot at the title? Uh, not far. I feel if I I got my next fight and a couple of wins or a win or two should be I should be in a, in a position to win. You know, uh, fight, fight for it. But then it's, it's boxing, so we have no set rules. It's not like uh, soccer in the Champions League or whatever. It's basically you get a call. You got to be ranked in the top 15, and uh, you could get a call. Let's say somebody gets injured, pulls out, you get a chance to fight for a title. So, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully uh, after my, my next fight, I'll, I'll get the win, and then uh, I'll be able to uh, – to uh, put myself in contention to, for a title shot. Do you know when your f- next fight is yet? Uh, I'm saying on the late uh, December, early January. So I should be getting a, a, a confirmation soon. Against who? Or you don't know? Uh, um, Hopefully a rematch. I want a rematch. Against Travis Hinaldi, it's a guy from Sweden, from Norway. I'm not sure. I, forgot what I, think he, I think he's Swedish or Finnish or Finland. Well, one of those Scandinavian countries. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, again, so hopefully I get, get my rematch. Uh, my last fight, I was winning 
uh, like four rounds, I fought, I was winning, and he just called me a good shot. And uh, it's boxing, it's a heavyweight division where one shot changes everything. Yeah, I watched it uh, just before um, coming, you know, to do some preparation to to get to know you a little bit. And yeah, you're right. You were raining. Well, they, they were showing the amount of punches landed, and you were just way ahead, way ahead. And then, um, well, yeah, you tell us what happened next. Yeah, you got to be patient. And uh, that's one of my major downfalls. Uh, I'm not patient enough. As I found out with, with, with the Bitcoin, right? So then I have to buy, go back back in. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, patience is definitely key, especially uh, I think Bitcoin is teaching uh, that, that, that to us, you know, that you got to be a hodler. Uh, but, yeah, so I wasn't patient. I came forward. I covered a good shot. The referee uh, ruled, ruled a slip. It was a knockdown. And uh, I let my ego get in the way. Instead of saying, I step backwards, trying to recover, recoup. I went to get my payback, and uh, he called me with another good three shots and put me on behind. And then he just, I got up, but uh, he uh, let up, uh, you know, threw a lot of shots, and the referee decided to stop in and uh, thought I wasn't, ready to, I wasn't in good enough shape to continue. So he stopped the fight. Okay, so... That was really bad luck. Um, I, I, as I said, I watched it, and it was a shame that uh, we're not talking about like you're still unbeaten record. Yeah, but I think everything happens for a reason, especially like with, this, with this COVID, all these lockdowns. I really had a time to sit, sit down, uh, relax, and uh, figure out like what will go on or what what I really want to do in my life. So mm-hmm. that was really. I think uh, everything happens. For, everything happens for a reason. Like so. Uh, is what it is. I mean, I can't take it back, right? I mean, if I could, no, you certainly take, can't. If I could take back time, I'll take back. Uh, my Bitcoin was worth uh, 0. 0.01 cents, right? <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <Stop up>. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get down the rabbit hole. What led you there? I mean, obviously, you you've said uh, a few of the podcasts that you were listening to. Um, you know, what are some of the books that uh, that you started picking up and kind of reading? Uh, the Bitcoin, the Bitcoin standard is probably the major one I read recently, and then I'm just listening to a lot of podcasts, a lot of interviews. Uh, and it's interesting. It's, it's I think it's then like me traveling to Poland. Sometimes I wish that was like uh, that I didn't have to like uh, switch currencies. I could just pay with something with, like with my phone or something. Like we have Apple Pay here in the states, which makes it much simpler and uh, everything has like a certain value. And I think Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin is it. Yeah, for sure. And what um, what would you say is is kind of like changing in you fundamentally since since you started stacking and learning more about it and like the effects of Bitcoin taking hold of you? Well, I think COVID made it so much more important as a, even like a hedge to everything that's going on, where you have these governments just printing trillions of dollars, like not really caring about like about it you know like so it's, it kind of sucks that these people could people are saying okay cool we get like 1200 bucks now but uh but the inflation is going to cost we won't be able to buy anything with that 1200 dollars in, in a couple of years which because somebody's, somebody's gonna have to pay it back and um i think with all these politicians not being as honest as they should be is really hurting uh everything you know so I like Bitcoin because I think it could fix a lot of these problems. Do you think it's changing the way you box? Maybe patience. Uh, not really. I mean, uh, I definitely want to uh, 
I don't think so. I think it's two separate things. I mean, more I think I'm more on the financial side, knowing, uh, learning about like investing and uh, having a good store of value, right? I mean, knowing that uh, like the stock market could drop half its value and overnight, well, it's like a Bitcoin, right? So I mean, that's not really, <laughs> but like, but like the principle of it are are, are essential, and I feel like if you keep holding in the long run. There's only 21 million, and there can't be no more. So once people really get the get that, like, oh man, I really need to stack as much as I could, and use it as store of value, or and then and then as a medium of exchange, which it, it could do also do. So I think it's it's pretty cool. Do you know of anybody else in like uh, the the boxing world or your uh, like uh, the the sporting world that is uh, is thinking this way? You don't have to dox anybody. Uh, you don't have to name anyone. I just wondered uh, whether that you know that you're having discussions with with other people in in your profession. Uh, I don't think they look at it kind of like the way I look at it as a store of value and why it's important. Like there's only twenty one one million and that's it. People are just looking at it as an investment or uh, it's used by like uh, criminals and all, like it still has like a bad rap kind of which kind of. Which is not true. I, I mean, obviously to a certain point, but what's not used by criminals or by bad. I mean you know bad bad people yeah there's so much fud around that it's just ridiculous um i don't know yeah it's a war we're gonna have to fight for for a long time this this nonsense that uh that comes out in mainstream media right but now i feel like uh, you have these uh major well here in the states you have these uh like uh companies buying bitcoin stacking up on, on bitcoins buying 50, uh, was it? I think Square bought fifty million dollars worth of Bitcoin. Uh, Micro Strategy, right? Bought uh yep. four hundred twenty million dollars worth of Bitcoin. Uh, Twitter Jones has one uh, percent of his uh, uh, hedge funds. I think uh, holdings of Bitcoin. Uh, Shamath, uh, no, Shamath. Mm-hmm. Shamath has also one percent. So I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, I know Tesla has a Bitcoin machine in his uh, factory. I think somebody pointed that out. I mean, uh, it's definitely, I think, uh, becoming more and more known. Uh, I have a little property in uh, Hunter, New York, upstate, which is like a little s- ski town. Uh, there, there's like a mall, uh, a supermarket over there, and they, they have like a, a like a. a like a like a poster of like the dollar and like how much it lost its value and then like what Bitcoin is like a little summary about it. So that that was like oh wow it's so like, that's cool you know it's getting around and uh, I think people are just sick and tired of of not of fiat of fiat you know. And is there obviously you're still very much part of the Polish community in New York? Do you see well it's COVID now right? Yeah, well, what is going on in New York? Because like the the I can't get a feel for it living over here in France. Uh, anything that we see on the news, I don't ever want to believe. So I'd much rather speak to somebody that's there and living. Yes. So uh, I live in Long Island, which is, I mean, obviously it's slowed down a little bit. I, well, yeah, it's slowed down a lot. But people want to get back to living their regular lives. If you, uh, I remember when, when it first happened, I think like uh, two months into it. No, wait, like four or five, like halfway. Well, like, so I guess... April or June, me and my friend, that's a camera guy, like he, he does videos, like, yo, let's do a video about like staying positive, staying strong. And he went to Brooklyn to do a shoot 
and it was packed with people. We were like, yo, what? what? <laughs> like Times Square was, they have so many toys, but it was packed with people. I'm like, yo, this is not, I mean, it was supposed to be empty. Like, we were supposed to be like the only ones out here. It's it's packed. Like, people were in, in the mall, like, on, you know, in the parks, sitting down, relaxing. So uh, I think, um, obviously, it's, I, I mean, I have, I know people that, uh, that passed away, but they were all older or very, or sick. So, I mean, I'm not going to discredit the, the virus. I feel it does exist, but I think now we have, uh, we understand it a lot better. And I think these lockdowns are a little bit, a bit ridiculous. You know, people really have to get back to their lives and, uh, and to be in the work, you know, and nobody wants to stay home and do nothing all day. Yeah. I mean, the way the media spun it was like as if New York was like this complete uh, apocalypse when when it like all of a sudden hit the states and um yeah so it's it's just so hard to get a, a real gauge on it unless you speak to somebody on the ground and, and you know get their experience well i mean obviously you feel that i mean since we're such a big tourist tourist state you know i mean so obviously the city's a lot slower but it's pretty much back to like not like crazy normal but people living their lives it's not as crazy as the media made it made it seem you know I think uh, in the beginning they uh, they they did a lot of wrong, uh, you know, like sending people back to their uh, like to the, to the uh, elderly homes and stuff. So uh, I think a lot of mistakes done on, on the part of of the government, which which they should have done a little better. But um, it was a new disease; nobody knew really what was going on. So so it sucks, you know. Um, I was like, I was my fight was also like the last. I think. Uh, last major sporting event or boxing event before the lockdown. So I think that that was like kind of cool, even though I lost, but I got to like fight with from like thousands of fans before everything got shut down, shut, shut, shut down. And you mentioned before coming from Poland, uh, that used to be under a, a communist regime. When you speak to people like your father's age, your father, your mother, and people in the community of that, that age group that remember those days and, escaped communism and come across to the u.s for the you know the, the great uh, the great american dream now they how do they feel about what's going on now do they do they are they kind of getting flashbacks of what it was like yeah Is there sure. old feelings so, being stirred yeah i mean especially like where kind of hit, hit hard from like where i was you know so uh i remember even like waiting in the store like uh, online it was like stories that my uh, grandfather used to tell, like they used to wait on, wait online to get food and stuff like that. And th- th- that was going on in New York. I mean, yo, this is crazy. They even posted a picture on Twitter, like standing in line waiting to get my food. Like it, it, it was insane. Like, I mean, you wouldn't expect that coming here. And uh, that's where, that, it looks like that's where it's heading, you know, like back to being controlled and uh, it sucks. Like I really, don't like it. <laughs> no, exactly. And it must be worrying for the old people that have have tasted that before. Did, did, do you ever hear stories? Um, you know, spoken about. Uh, is it something that you you discuss? Yeah, I mean, it, it sucked. But like, but then like two stories, I guess, like how the wind blows. That's the stories they tell you, you know. But like, uh, like everything was decent. But like, you had no choice. Like, you had to eat what was there. Like. Here you come, you go to a store, you have a thousand drinks to choose from, and you choose what 
is best for you? What what tastes like the most? Back there, it wasn't. It was you only had black coffee, a uh, piece of bread, and, and that's it. No, not nothing else. If you had, you're you're only allowed to have two cows. If you had three, <laughs> you you get you know they could like tell the government I mean, they could take away a cow from you. I mean, or come up with a great like idea how to make more money. Like, how, so I mean, the system obviously doesn't work. It's been proven a hundred times throughout history. I don't know why you think they'll make it work now. You know, I mean, it sucks. When you tell them about Bitcoin, are they open to learning about it? Or is this, they're too old, they don't understand it, they they shut you down? Yeah, shutdowns. Yeah, whatever. It's like, goes in one year, goes out the other year. Like, same with my wife. It's like, oh, shut up. Like, how does this work? I'm like, <laughs> what is this mining? Like, I'm like, what is this stuff? I'm like, oh, it's... Like it's, it's verified. Like it's not. It's, it's like you can't really double spend. Like it, it, it's no one bank that can like sh- shut it down. Like it's it belongs to the people. Like we, the people, we own it. Like it's you have your but then you have to get your own wallet. You gotta be careful. You can't hold it in a custodial wallet because they, that can get hacked. You want to get you. So I try to explain. Like it's like it's too much. I have my life is too busy to uh, pick up this Bitcoin stuff until it starts pumping. And then they're going to rewind it. But now it's, yeah, now it's, oh, what are you, Adam, what is this stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, um, like, you, what do you think? You think it's going to see like a major dip again or it's going to stay above a certain number? Like, you don't think it's going to drop down again to, let's say, $3,000 or something? I don't, th- I think those days are gone. Um, I, although saying that, I thought they'd gone the last time, you know, it was only, it was only because of, Corona and COVID, that that the whole market of everything just got completely shaken up. That we saw that right. you know three thousand dollar dip again, but up you know no I I don't want I don't want to I, I, <laughs> I, I did stack in that time. I was very happy to be stacking. Uh, I would love to see it go back down to to those levels as many of us would, uh, as many of the detractors would. I would almost like to see it go back there again, just to see Twitter come alight with the idiots that are going to call us out again. You know, oh, you guys, we told you, we told you Bitcoin's dead. You know, how many times has Bitcoin died? Uh, That would be fun just to watch that and then just stack as hard as you can. That That would be great fun. But I think now we we're into this bull run. With too much money wanna... being thrown from big industries, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah, you mentioned I... them before, and we have what Q3 earnings reports are coming out right now. In the in the next few weeks, we're going to have just more and more of these companies announce uh, right. that they're either looking at alternative, in air quotes, investments, or um, will just uh, announce that they have diversified their their treasury into an alternative investment i mean they have the playbook now microstrategy provided the playbook and people are going to be taking note of that and yeah it's, it's cool they bought it like off chain not on chain that didn't drive the price up crazy right which is mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting. yeah yeah and square going in you know 50 million just uh just one percent there's more to come there i mean jack <laughs> I mean, come on! Like you know, he's, <laughs> there's, there's some to come from. Well, I think he's doing it for the board. Like he's CEO of two 
you know, too big companies, he can't really take that kind of risky movement, especially, you know, being a CEO of two open companies. So he'll probably put all the money into Bitcoin, but he can't really do it. He was stacking, I think, $10,000 a week or whatever square, square, square allowed. Like he mentioned this months ago. He was buying whatever square app allowed to buy it, which I think went up too. I think now it's like a hundred thousand. So I feel he he's stacking hard. Yeah, <laughs> yes, much harder than us mere mortals, that's for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, no. I, to answer your question, I think we're into the bull run now, and I think we're we're looking. It's just a matter of time before we test all time highs, and that's when. That's when the real big money will start to come in. And it will come in, it will, it will not be as finessed as MicroStrategy. You know, I think that's mm. just a one and done, the way that Michael Saylor did it. When the FOMO kicks in and these boardrooms just like, oh my God, we're going to get caught with egg on our face here, just get some at whatever cost. That is the mentality of these Wall Street guys. That's the mentality of FOMO. And when you've got people like Paul Tudor Jones at time of recording was, was on um, CNBC Squawk Box earlier announcing again how convicted he is by Bitcoin, all of this stuff just adds up. Right. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Uh, I think it's going to be a change in the world if you're going to see it, you know, which is pretty fascinating. I, mean, uh, I remember like coming, uh, like, so I, I also trained in recent gym, which was... Uh, it was the mecca of training gyms in New York City at the time. Like they had like a lot of great fighters coming up, and then like I was at the breaking point where it went from being like a fighters gym to being like a white collar gym where it was only basically to make uh, make money and just train like the, the the Wall Street people and the artists and other stuff, not the, like the real fighters anymore. Like I was at that edge, like and now I feel like I'm the edge again, like growing up. Like also like with the iPhone and stuff, like I was at the breaking point. Like I feel like I'm always at the middle of living both like sides of of, of the spectrum. I was like seeing like the old school way and then the new school way. So uh, it's pretty cool seeing where all this will go. Well, it's it's great to have you on our side, man. That's for sure. We need yeah, uh, we need a heavy puncher. Yes, I posted, I think, a quote. Like, what should I put on my, on my shorts? Do you want to go with uh, uh, Don't Trust Verify? Like a on your like shorts? That. And, yeah, I'm going to do, yeah, Don't Trust Verify. I'm going to put the Bitcoin logo on the, on the other uh, sleeve. I was going to ask you, when are we going to see you fight in a pair of Bitcoin shorts? Or yeah, if so you got a pair next of, fight, or, I think I'm going to do it. Next fight? <laughs> yeah. Yes. That'll be so damn great to see yeah, you so get out yeah. there. And what's uh, what what song are you going to walk into? Do you, do you still do all that, all that showman stuff? Like, um, uh, I, I yeah, remember so watching there's Bucks. a Paul Shrappard called Kizo. Uh, he made a song called Champion. And I, I used to walk out to that. Uh, I think I want to switch up a little bit for the next fight, but that, that's what I was going into. Uh, it's a champion, which was uh, champion, basically. It's like a pumpy pump hip-hop song. Oh well, if I could request a Bitcoin a Bitcoin song from the listeners, maybe we could get a crowdfunding going on and people uh, retweeting around. Me personally, I love the Matrix song uh, "Wake Up" by Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, that that is such a great tune, and of course, you know, it has such a great alignment with 
with the Matrix, uh, you know, taking the red pill, exiting the Orange system. pill, right? Oh, you're an orange pill, man. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> some people, some people like to stay red. Um, so that, yeah, yeah, this will be this will be the next um, this will be the next fork wars, whether it's orange pill or red pill. That's what everyone's <laughs> going to start arguing about when we're all so bored of like just watching the price pump. Like, okay, what are we gonna what are we gonna fight about now? Uh, so uh, no, that's great. I would love. To, yeah, Damn. I can't wait to see you walk out. Yeah, I'm doing a short uh, t-shirt with the. Uh... So say like, pay me in Bitcoin and try to get like the 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 Q what's it called the QR thing yeah the QR the QR code. logo yeah see it's gonna work where people will be able to actually uh, uh you know take put it on and uh, send me some Bitcoin like, I was you know like I'll see if if that will go through because boxing is is, is crazy because even though like we talk about the federations and all the other stuff which is bad but it's also that's also amazing in boxing because there is no like no boss. There's no central party where you gotta listen to. Like in the MMA, you have the UFC, which is like the top organization, and you have to play by their rules. Where in boxing, it's like you're your own uh, entity, like and you're your own prize fighter, and you don't really have to sign with with anybody that you know to, to boss you around. You could be great. You could make your own following and. Uh, You'd be like you don't have to have be under like a big uh, umbrella like like uh, the UFC, which is I think awesome, you know. Yeah, that is awesome. So you're kind of like uh, your own boss. So big question then: Can you choose who you fight, or how does that how does that kind yeah, of system work? So boxing, you have like three major promoters right now, like on the world scale. Which is uh, Eddie Hearn and Macho Boxing from uh, England, uh, top rank, and uh, and uh, Heyman and PBC, who I'm like uh, aligned with. Uh, so it's like three major organizations, which they have like the most fighters, and they uh, offer like the best kind of uh, deals. You know, we could actually make the most uh, money because they have like the TV. They have they're signed with TV stations, right? If it's, uh, let's say, Showtime, uh, Fox is with PBC. Then you have uh, The Zone with Eddie Hearn and uh, ESPN with Top Rank. So that's where, where the money is, where the TV is paying for the fighters to put on the shows. Man, I remember growing up watching, um, who was it? Don King was the guy that was just uh, organizing all of the yeah, fights. The, what a the flag, crazy right? character. What a crazy character he was. But you know, growing up as a as I did in the eighties, our heavyweight boxer at that point was Frank Bruno. I remember watching mm -hmm. him staying up really late to watch Bruno's fights, and then after Bruno came uh, Eubank, and um, then of course uh, Lennox, Nigel Ben. You know, we've had some great ones. Um, what's your take? So, is is Tyson coming back? Is Iron Mike? Is he really? I know he's training, and there's a lot of hype around yeah. it. Will he? Will we actually think, see him in the ring? Yeah, I know something like, was planned. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think the, so. Interview last time, and he was I think he had a little bit too much THC in his blood. <laughs> uh, so I don't know how hard he's training right now, but um, but I think it's gonna happen with him versus Roy Jones Jr. Uh, I think they pushed it back a little bit, but it looks like like, like it's gonna happen. Like they're gonna fight. So. 
I don't think it's, it's necessary. I mean, at the end of the day, like you do take shots to the head, which is definitely to the brain, which is not essential, right? So, but hey, right? People need to make a living, and um, if it sells, people want to buy it. Why not, right? <laughs> like you hear, like these YouTubers making like this guy from I think England actually, uh, KSI. He made, yeah, he's a YouTuber. He made so much money doing a professional boxing fight with this guy, uh, Paul Logan or Jake Logan. I mean, it's, it's a YouTuber, like, and they made over like a million dollars fighting on a on a pro card, which is insane. Like, guys with no boxing background, the first or second fights, and they're making millions of dollars. But then it shows you how big the internet is and. And a day is not really what what's essential. It's what do people want to see, and what what are they willing to pay to what what are they willing to pay to watch? There's a chance you might get a shot to stand toe to toe with with Mike Tyson in the ring. What? How does uh, that? I don't think so. No, that's, I don't think that's possible. No. Yeah, I think he's gonna do like anything some like charity events with uh, Roy Jones Jr. or like some of these older guys. Maybe like a rematch with Evander Holyfield. By doubt, he's gonna step in with a ring with somebody young and really hungry because that's like, yeah, it's, I don't think it will make sense. <laughs> if he does yeah. come out and say I that, mean, it looks I good mean... on. Yeah, because it looks good on on you know a ten second clip. But mm. but in real yeah. life, like uh, yeah, uh, that's ten seconds. A fight is you know three minutes, twelve rounds. Which which even though it seems easy when you watch it to get ready, your body ready to get that kind of punishment is not that easy. And, and it's one of his quotes that I love. You know, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face. Yeah, it's, and yeah, it's definitely <laughs> Bitcoin teaches that as well. You know, the, the amount of punches <laughs> we've taken in the face with with, with Bitcoin over the years uh, as hodlers, um, but nothing like what you guys do on a day-to-day basis. Uh, so for you, you your, your route now to the, the heavyweight um, title, that's Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. Are they the main two at the moment, or am I doing someone a disservice here? Yeah, this is main two. Uh, yeah, so uh, Tyson Fury has a WBC title, and then uh, Anthony Joshua has a WBA, WBO, and the IBF titles. He's defending it, I think, uh, December twelfth, if I'm not mistaken, in uh, England against uh, Pulev. So that'll be an interesting fight. See what happens there. So you know, if you if you win your next fight, you might just be one or two fights further away from. From getting the shot at the title next year or maybe 2022 right. right and then they're like injuries so uh andy ruiz he fought joshua in uh his like debut in the usa so he was supposed to find my friend uh drill miller but drill miller tested positive for some uh banned substance so he had to he got like canceled out and then andy ruiz got a call to fight anti joshua so but nobody really knew who andy ruiz was until he did that fight then he knocked out Joshua and he became a household name. So, I mean, uh, boxing is truly amazing. Like, you go from zero to hero in one night. Man, you would stack so hard if you won the world championship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
what kind of uh, like services are you using? Um, is there any services that you you want to shill and give a big shout out to um, in the Bitcoin community? Yeah, so uh, stack on uh, Cash App and then send it over to my uh, hardware wallet, and uh, and then uh, that. And then I, I love the fold app. I mean, uh, I think I, I uh, it's like you buy the gift card, so I've been using that uh, application a lot too. It's pretty cool. Uh, and that I think that's basically the only three. Div- oh yeah, I also have uh, the Casa node, which which I use to uh, verify my other stuff. Awesome, yeah. man. I've been, tr- I've been trying to. Uh, I'm trying to. Uh, so I a website, akbabyface.com. Uh, I want to hopefully Stripe or one of these like I could like incorporate taking Bitcoin payments or Lightning pay- payments to that, but uh, I'm not really that computer savvy, so I must work on that and figuring that out. Well, I'm sure there's some listeners out there that are boxing fans. It would be more than happy to. Uh to get in touch and help you out in any way. Um, I find in the Bitcoin community that there are so many people here that uh, once once you connect, everybody shares their skills, their knowledge. It's just such an open community. Everybody wants each other to learn. It's just um, it's just amazing. Yeah, it's really great. Like, uh, it's awesome. Yeah, but it's so cool laid back. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Like, happy to be a part of it so i always ask uh one question towards the the end of the show and uh now i know that you're an orange pill man so if you so, had uh, one... you a maximalist right yeah exactly you're you're full-on maxi <laughs> and i don't think anyone's going to argue with you ever <laughs> i dare anyone i dare anyone to come and I take your hard think... wallet away <laughs> yeah but Everything I think is gonna go uh, like DeFi movement. Just I just it's gonna be scary because I think a lot of people are gonna get burned again. You know? Yeah, they are. It's that's the ICO equivalent uh, of this bull run. This DeFi nonsense that is being spoken about and pushed, uh, and and this random term like yield farming, which is just again complete nonsense so if anybody's listening that's what scares me a little bit like i mean how much like like even for that like, like you get for every purchase you get stacks back i'm like how much of bigger can you have or must have in order to make like once the 21 million or 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 uh or minded like and nobody wants to sell every single hold you 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 fucked like you're not gonna be able to <laughs> sorry for the language you know like you won't be able to give stacks away unless it's gonna be your own which I don't think you want we want to give away. Yeah, it's that's an interesting one, uh, and I think what's gonna happen is slowly but surely over the next five to ten years, people are gonna be using it to to pay for goods and services. People are gonna be happy to pay for a goods or a service in Bitcoin. Uh, and that's the way that it gets disseminated down. Right now, everybody's so focused on stacking. And, you know, MicroStrategy, for example, 38,500 Bitcoin, and it doesn't sound as though MicroStrategy's got any interest in selling it ever. But there will come a point yeah. where it will probably be a huge differentiator for that company to start attracting talent in Bitcoin, to start paying contractors in Bitcoin, to um, to start um, uh, paying 
for for other goods and services in Bitcoin because they have this first mover advantage, and that's the way it's going to get uh, you know kind of trickled out for for people that if you can't stack it just by exchanging fiat, uh, you can earn it, and this, this is all part of the the huge revolution of uh, you know away from the legacy financial system that we're under at the moment. Wow. Okay. That sounds okay. I never I really thought about it, but, but, but yeah, yeah, but that's like the plan of, or seeing that's where it's going to go. But people were like, won't want to be paid in us dollars. They won't be paid in Bitcoin or mm, euros or absolutely. whatever. Right? So my kids are on a, um, they're on an online school called uh, Galileo, Galileo XP.com. So they don't go to a normal school or well, three out of the four don't. And the teachers on there are all freelance, all remote, all digital nomads, come from a legacy education background, now teach the kids over Zoom from anywhere in the world that they want to be. And there are teachers now on that platform that are asking, can we be paid in Bitcoin? And That's cool. The answer is going to be yes. And our students are going to be able to uh, come on and uh, their parents pay in Bitcoin. And the answer will be yes. Uh, that's just got a bit. That's going to get set up over the next uh, month or two. And if that—that's just one tiny little example. Uh, you know, there are private companies that uh, are already one or two years with their treasury in Bitcoin and would happily hire people in Bitcoin. People, as soon as people, you know, start demanding to be compensated in Bitcoin for their time, which they will, because they know it's right. a f far better uh, unit of account, then right. that's that's when the shift will start to happen. And that's when companies will be pushed. Companies will be pushed by the, you know, the, um, the, the, uh, the talent, the, the people that want to come and work at those, um, at those companies. Yeah, I'll come and work for you if you pay me in Bitcoin. Right. So I have a question. So I uh, actually have a one-year-old. Well, he's 13 months. And I was thinking, like, so your kids stay in, sc or in school online. Like, was this before pre-COVID too, or? Uh, well, we've done a whole mix of schooling over the over their lifespan. So my oldest now is 15. Uh, she has been, I'll take her an example. She's been through private school, private international schooling when we lived in Singapore. State schooling when we lived in singapore she did both uh montessori style score uh schooling uh, a school on a beach in thailand two and a half years completely homeschooling or world schooling as we traveled around the world and then um just uh state schooling here in france to to learn the language and now my three uh younger younger kids uh when we went into lockdown we went straight to Galileo and got them on there and they didn't want to come off. And for me, that was perfect. It's like, right, okay, you've done the state schooling here in a different country. You've learned the language much like you did when you, when you moved to uh, the US. So they can now speak French and that was our goal to get them bilingual. So now they do the online remote schooling and it's self-led education. So they get to choose what they want to do. So they can choose the science clubs, the math clubs, the music clubs, the art clubs, the drama clubs. You know, it's all there. Everything is there. Okay. And reading clubs and, and things like that. And they build their own schedule each week. 
and they're on Zoom calls uh, with kids from all around the world, with facilitators, we don't call them teachers, from, from all around the world. And yeah, they, they really love it. And people say, oh yeah, but what about the social side and the social aspect? It's like, well, first of all, they're always online with people. They're talking to people via Zoom instead of being sat next to someone physically. Is there right. an argument that you know being sat next to somebody physically is, is better? Probably, as Bitcoiners, we all want to meet in real life. But right now, you and I are talking to each other. We've never met. We're having right. a great conversation. <laughs> and right. um, the the kids, they have their their real interests. You know, their, their real interests are, for my son especially, it's football. He's playing football three times a week. With, so he is. Okay, hmm. so I was wondering. So you have, you, set, you have clubs for them where they meet. With people, with yeah. kids outside the, the schooling. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And the beauty of that is, whereas school is forced association, you have no idea who you're going to be sat with uh, and no idea like um, whether you're even going to get on. You're just forced into a classroom with each other, everybody from the same little region and everybody the same, pretty much the same height and same age and same color, uh, which is pretty kind of... It's not that diverse. Right. And you, you you might have a shared interest if you're lucky. That was pretty much all of our own school upbringing. Whereas if you're getting real socialization with people that have got an interest in the horse riding or the dance or the uh, the drama or the, um, the the football, then that's that's – I find that just to be a, a much more holistic way to – for, for them to nurture relationships with people that have the same interest and are there for the same reason, uh, which is really, really cool and really nice to see. Right, right, right. And that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. Yeah, that, that's what we're going to my head right now. Like, what I'm going to do with my son, like, because there's a Montecero school by my house, mm-hmm. which I was li- really looking into. And I think, like, for maybe the like, first couple of years, definitely sign up over there. See, you guys, your kids enjoyed it, or not really? Yeah, I mean, I think Montessori is far better than than anything mainstream. Uh, I think we 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 face the problem at the moment, and Marty Bent talks about this all the time about uh, the breakdown of the family and attack on the family. Um, we've we've all been somehow brainwashed into thinking the earlier we send our kids to school, in air quotes, the better. Whereas, yeah. in fact, the complete opposite is the, is the truth. The total opposite is the truth. The longer yeah. you can keep your kids, you know, with you within the family unit, and they're learning all the time, all the right. time. Yeah, he's he surprised me. Uh, he was hitting, my son was, he saw me, like, hitting the bag once. He, my, my wife asked him, like, how is that? He goes, poo, 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 poo. I'm like, are you like, I'm like, please, like, no, like, be a lawyer, be something, <laughs> not boxing. <laughs> <laughs> he's like poo 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 like how, how you, so he doesn't, he's he's 13 months I'm like how does a dog go he goes woof 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 I'm like how, what does a chicken do cuckoo cuckoo like he picks up so much I'm, it's, it's insane like yeah how as, fast parents, pick up? as parents we've been brainwashed into thinking that we are not smart enough to raise our own kids and they've mm-hmm. pretty much broken everybody with that narrative and what's, what they're trying to do here in France is pretty freaking amazing. They, they, 
He's trying to ban homeschooling and make it mandatory for kids to go to school uh, the year they turn three. So, you know, imagine... Imagine a government official turning up at your door on your child's third birthday saying, we have it on good authority. There's a three-year-old in this house. They're going to have to come with us now and we'll return it at four o'clock. And that's basically what it's coming down to. And what is that if nothing more than nationalism? What are they going to learn? Who sets the curriculum, right? Right. Who does it serve? So here in the states, like they have the 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 amendment to, to bear arms, like they're trying to get rid of that stuff. And a lot of Americans are like, no way, that's like the only thing we have to protect us from from the government going, you know, crazy. And that's the reason we left England to to be free from you guys. And now you guys are bringing the same thing over, <laughs> like you guys doing the same shit. Why you got? Why, so sorry for the language. Why why we left? It's like we the people, like we want to be control. And it's like once you give the government too much power, that's bad. I mean, and theory is why we... may be good, but it doesn't never work. It never pans out that way. People are always, yeah, and you can't shut it down. That's what's truly amazing about it, you know. Like they'll find ways to make it work because we have so many good people that are, want the freedom. There was an awesome meme on Twitter with uh, two lines. One was free, the other one was was in the cage. But he had free health care, he had right food, you know? But but he was in the cage. Like it's like which line would you wanna be? You know? Yeah, Most I people said Yeah, so it's so true. And it's so kind of I mean it must strike home very, very hard for you having grown up in Poland and, and seeing the effects of communism. Yeah, for sure. So my uh, grandfather's brother was like in this uh, like a home army, AK. It's called AK. So yeah, and he told me stories like they he used to hide in uh, like in the graveyard, like and he used to bring him food at night because the Russians were looking for him. You know, they want to kill him because he was he was fighting for freedom. And I'm like, now you want to give this all away? Like these people, like. And we're stuck in these homes. It's crazy. Because they're like, saying that through fear and stuff. Like, But then you're scared. Like, you don't want to talk too much because <laughs> you don't want to be banned out or, you know, uh, commit suicide. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Commit suicide in, in air quotes, for sure. Uh all right, man. Well, I'm going to hit you to a question, with the question. If you had one orange pill left to give someone, who would you give that to and why? Uh, some smart scientist to make more. <laughs> no one's ever come up with that. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. That is uh, perfect. Usually people say, oh, Joe Rogan, uh, he's he's usually the top pick, uh, you know, because Joe, he, has he, the- I, he I think he's on it. Like, I think he's, I think he has some, a lot of Bitcoins. I probably think he has, he's stacking. Yeah, well, let's I, hope so. I think he just, just a major figure where he's not really speaking out against it, but I feel he's, he's moved to Texas right now. So I, I think he, he's, uh, 
he messed in a couple of times. I think he has some Bitcoin, especially his uh, the guy behind the screen for him, uh, Jamie. He's he's more into it, so uh, I think he's definitely has uh, he's stacking that stuff. Well, let's hope uh, he mentions it a little bit. No, I know he does the cash app on the uh, on the ad reel. Uh, so Bitcoin is being spoken about on his podcast, and he has just like the uh, the biggest reach. So it's great that, um, that yeah, people like that. Uh, insane! Well, he showed that uh, you don't need TV; you could do a podcast and <laughs> you know deal with Spotify. What, what do you think about that deal? Think he sold out a little bit, or it's 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 a strange one, isn't it? Because yeah, I mean. What happened, right? You know, it was a hundred million bucks. Go to Spotify. That's all great. But then all of a sudden, a few of his shows started disappearing, like a, a right. few of the um, kind of well, the con- yeah, the controversial figures he had. Yeah, and that's not cool. Yeah, that is just then- not cool at all. And how much did he know that that was going to happen beforehand, or how much has he been kind of had over? I suppose likely uh, I, I I really really don't know um, and how much does it affect his guest choice going forward right you know I don't yeah, know that's why that's why it's Bitcoin you know it's no no central government or central something telling you what you could or cannot do which is pretty like here are the facts you decide your own right yeah well that's the truth also I, like you saw thing on Twitter, right? And that New York Post uh, article that was crazy too, no? The Hunter yeah, Biden the and, uh, and the the scandal, the crane scandal with Hunter Biden and the New York Post actually like uh, deleting it and stuff. And Facebook. What's this story? I, I I might have missed this. What what's happened? Really? So uh, there was a New York Post put an article on uh, Hunter Biden, who's running for his, as the son of uh, Joe Biden. And there was uh-huh. a thing uh, in your post that he um, did something with the Ukrainian officials, like send emails and stuff. And anybody that posted the article on Twitter, it got banned. And hmm. yeah, you weren't allowed to repost that article. Really, you, it was huge here in the States. I'm shocked that you guys didn't hear about it. Yeah, I missed well, that. So if you, if you retweeted it, you got taken off. Is that right? Yeah, they banned the, the 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 story. Like you weren't able, you weren't allowed to repost it, which was crazy because everybody reposted saying that it got deleted and that that, that picked up the, the censorship issue. You know, it, it, it's it's scary stuff. Crazy. Yeah, no, that's not good. And I know uh, another British podcaster uh, from the Bit by Bit podcast. He just keeps getting taken down from from Twitter for whatever reason. I'm not exactly sure what he's saying. So um, I, I I don't know. Um, I mean, but it's algorithms. That's scary. And I think I really feel that Jack wants to do the right thing. I, after this happened, he came out with, with saying that it was wrong, that we took the article down, and so and so and so. But uh, it's these algorithms. Did you, watch, did you happen to watch uh, The Social Dilemma? I've seen some of it. I've not seen all of it yet. Um, my yeah. kids, my, my wife made my kids watch it, but I was uh, podcasting one night, so I didn't get to see the whole thing. But it's scary. Yes, it's, yeah, the algorithms are like they make you stay on your phone later more and more and more and more. I mean, luckily we're like Apple, you could see like and track like how much you're on, like what apps you use. Mm-hmm. So actually, me and my wife were uh, had a conversation the other day. I'm like, 
I'm like, I'm like, you always on your phone. She's like, no, I'm not. I'm like, all right, let's see. Open it up. I'm like, Instagram, seven hours. Seven hours, that's one hour a day. And you tell me you don't have time to work out, but you could be one hour on Instagram a day. She's like, uh, 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 uh. I'm like, yeah, exactly. So please stop. Like, you're looking into this device, which, which it's, it's amazing. It's truly, like, made us, you being in France and me being able to talk to each other, meet each other. You like your kids going through school through through Zoom and I mean that's truly amazing. But uh, but at the same time, it needs like a cutoff spot where how much is too much, right? It's yeah, it's the biggest problem that faces us of our time right now because it is so addictive. And I guarantee you, you and I, uh, we probably spend far too many hours a day on Twitter. Um, right. And I've, I've I've tried to cut it down. I really have, but God damn it, it's it's addictive, you know. Yeah. When, so uh, actually, uh, I've been using Twitter a lot more before. It used to be more Instagram guy, but my phone broke. My iPhone broke. I had to get a new iPhone, so I had like a iPhone seven or six, something old. So the guy just let me install like the major uh, apps I use, which was probably like my email, Twitter, and that's and like. Cash app and like just like three or four apps. So I've been using Twitter a lot more. I'm like, yo, this is I don't need like Instagram no more, no more Facebook. I'm always on Twitter now. Which, which for <laughs> me, like, like Twitter was only like for me like to BS. Like, you know, the first thing I put was uh like something like very sarcastic uh, against this other Polish fighter I fought. Like uh, so, you uh, are soccer, right? There's this player called uh, he played actually in in, uh, in uh, England, Kamil uh, Groszyski. He played for Hull City, I think he played for. Right. So he played for he did this Polish game and uh, he wasn't having like he had three shots at goal, and he missed like the three opportunities, and, and he's good friends with the guy I fought and I beat, and I wrote uh, this guy Kamil Groszyski spending too much time with this other fighter because. He has no form, and that like it went like viral in the Polish community. You know, like well, like the Polish <laughs> papers picked it up. It got retweeted, reposted, and stuff. So that's pretty cool. I always, but it was more like, and that's like I always was on Twitter, but really just used it just to BS and smack my like my Bitcoin stuff, like just repost Bitcoin stuff. But now I'm like, yo, this is an actual real form of communication, and it's truly amazing, you know. Yeah, it really is, man. Appreciate and it a lot more. You're gonna get you're gonna get a bunch more followers. Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin Twitter is gonna come looking for you. So hopefully that uh, that'll be great, great little outlet for you as well to um, to add to to all of the the Bitcoin shit posting that goes on, which is brilliant. But I can't wait to watch you walk out in a pair of Bitcoin shorts, and uh, that that's that's gonna be amazing. So. Really looking yeah, forward to that. I'm going to send it to the people that make my shorts probably this 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 next week. And I think I'll go with don't trust verify. I really like that saying. Like don't trust nobody. Verify it. Which Bitcoin is awesome. And then just put a big, big uh, Bitcoin logo on the other, other sleeve. Which I think is you know, simple, clean, nice. Gets the point across. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's going to get... Well, next time, uh, maybe uh, the, the Bitcoin sign on your... On your gloves, so the the last thing I'm, someone I'm sees, <laughs> yeah. the last thing someone sees is the Bitcoin sign coming towards them before they're knocked out. 
All right, Adam, probably a good place to leave it. I really appreciate your time and coming on and uh, sharing uh, sharing your story and your, your rabbit hole story and um, like your family story. Really brilliant. Wish you all the best uh, from everybody in the Bitcoin community. We, we're going to be behind you next time you step out in that ring. We can't wait for that. Make sure you post on Twitter when that's going to be and people are going to go mad for it. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Uh, shout out to uh, Lucky for uh, making the connection. Yes, for sure. And how can people come and find you? Uh, so it's Twitter, Instagram, or my website, akbabyface.com. So I think uh, I follow, sorry, sorry. Uh, I don't want, I, I butcher names a lot. Like um, I should be actually the opposite because people always butcher my name. <laughs> I was going to say, your name is Kovnatsky. Uh, Kow... Kovnatsky. Kovnatsky. The W becomes a V, right? And the C v, is a exactly. Z. Kovnatsky. Okay. Kovnatsky. Yes, yeah, so I feel like, like P- P- uh, Pierre. There we go. P- uh, P- uh, Pierre R- R- Rochard. Pierre Rochard. Rochard, yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, I met him. He's a cool guy. We met uh, Brooklyn actually with him, like the, the whole uh, like the Bitcoin gang. And uh, he posted something where, um, like, where I think Jack unfollows him or something, or he's like throwing something around right now on Twitter or promoting really hard, which is good. But I was like, what happens when you get banned or something you get kicked off? And then like Naval actually Naval, you you know you follow Naval, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Naval Ravikant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, so what's the next deal? Like when people can't really use these central stuff to follow these people. And he's like, email, like that's newsletters. That's the next place where where you get free stuff or where you could send your ideas and and your next, you know, like whatever you think, which I thought was, was pretty cool. You know, like or your own like website where it gets more and more decentralized right you don't really need like a twitter or you just you make your own business your own deal and then you have your followers which is cool and i think that's where the world is heading and unless and that's pretty cool where there is no real censorship because there's no real censorship online you know yeah it's okay, no it's definitely I, I i agree with you with the, the problems that are coming up with twitter and all of this random banning and shadow banning and not allowing articles it's heading it's heading down a the wrong path and mm. it will get to a point where people will be like we need to solve this now and there will be a breakaway uh and yeah who knows maybe maybe it will go back to you know just basic you know mm. massive email lists and but I feel that it's more like a spam folder now, like with with that stuff, right? Like, like you order something, and then you get this email. It's like, come on, like I don't really want to know or get an email from, let's say, uh, Ralph Lauren about the new design every time they come up with something. Like every day, I'm like, dude, I already have the shirt I wanted to buy. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm fine. Like, I, I I like the stuff you make. I think you make a great great product. So if I do buy something, I'm probably gonna go with you guys, but. So the emails, <laughs> like I don't even know every day they. Act like- yeah, that's a lot of noise. That is definitely a lot of noise. Unless you yeah, do Bitcoin reference, but it works. So actually, like I have a newsletter, and every time I send it out, like I get 
buys on my, on my uh, website. I'm like, oh, that, that's why they bombard you with the, these ads. Like, so you actually mm. go and buy, which I guess you have smart people working on the wrong stuff and how to sell instead of fixing <laughs> world problems, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, well. All right, man. Well, I'll leave you uh, to enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Thanks again Thank for coming so on. Thanks for um, facing down Lauren in the first round. You're yeah, a brave man. Tough. Tough, <laughs> tough three rounds. <laughs> All right, Adam. Take care, man. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thank you for listening. And more importantly, thank you, Adam, so much for coming on. And we're all behind you, man. If if you weren't a boxing fan before, you probably are going to become one right now after listening to that. He's on our side, guys. And he's our... Um, yes, this is a real-life Rocky story. This is a guy that's come from uh, a communist country, moved across to the U.S., didn't speak a word of the language, didn't have any friends, didn't know what was going to happen. And, you know, fought his way up to become... It's it's just so weird to, to, to get the opportunity to speak to somebody that could very well be fighting for the heavyweight championship over the next 12 to 18 months. That blows my mind. And... The fact that he's stacking sats and doing everything he can to protect his his family's future because he sees the power of Bitcoin and what Bitcoin is going to become for us all. And he's going to go out in a pair of Bitcoin shorts in his next fight, which just puts a huge smile on my face. I'm smiling from ear to ear right now. I cannot wait. I, I just cannot wait. I don't think I've ever paid per viewed any any fight before in my life. But if this one's pay-per-view, just to watch Adam walk out in a pair of Bitcoin shorts is going to be worth every penny. <laughs> and, mate, uh, it, you know, thanks again so much for coming on. We, we're all behind you. We are going to be... Uh, hopefully so many people will come and start following you now and rooting for you and supporting you. Please reach out on Twitter. You know where to go and find him. And uh, and start interacting and, and giving, giving him uh, our best and our support. Really appreciate you coming on and all the best. Uh, before I sign off, make sure, guys, you go start stacking your sats with coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten or swanbitcoin.com forward slash once bitten. Again, a huge shout out to Brecky for doing that opening. Really loved it, man. You absolutely nailed it. Keep up the great work at Swan. Keep up the great work with your, your personal memes and your personal message and your education. And if you've not listened to Brecky's interview on this podcast, podcast, you can go back and find that. Head over to once-bitten.com. All the episodes are on there. You can find out a little bit more about myself and the sponsors that are very, very kind to support the show in their own little way. Big thanks at Sir Badminton, uh, at Hodler than Now, Sir Badders, excuse me, at Adam Woodham's one for putting us all together, stitching all of these moving parts of the audio together. Brilliant. Love your help, man. Really couldn't do it without you. Thank you. And Jim Reaper, at Jim Reaper for putting together the website. Crazy journey, guys. Not as crazy as Adam's. Adam, go do this for us. Go do this for the Bitcoiners. 
you got all the maxis, all the new guys, everybody behind you. We know you can do it. All the best, man. Thanks for coming on.